As we think, so are we. We might put on a front of something different, but ultimately deep down, our thoughts drive us. And I, 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 I type this out. I think this is important. And I'm going to come back to this and through this message is number one, what I believe, what I believe guides my thoughts. What I believe guides my thoughts. If you believe that, that uh, you'll never amount to anything, it's, it's incredible how you'll just continue to think on that. And it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you believe, really deep down, you, you just believe that you were a child of the most high God, created in God's likeness and image, and that God has a purpose for you, the supreme God of the universe, the creator of everything that has been or ever will be, that God created you in his likeness and image for a divine supernatural purpose. And you begin to think that because you truly believe it. You got to hold yourself up like royalty now. I, I, this, this is who I am. This is what I believe. Not to be superior to everyone else, but I'm going to be like Jesus, who was the son of the living God, who is the son of the living God, who came to earth in the form of a servant to serve others as the son of the creator of everything. Let's take a moment to talk about this thing. God made Adam and Eve in the image of God. What does that mean? Well, we are body, soul, and spirit. Now, I don't think the soul of a human being can be separated from the spirit, but it's making the point that, you know, as God has all of these features, so do we have all of these features, and therefore we're able to do things that the animals can't do. We see in the book of Genesis chapters one and two that God has created humans in his image. And so everything else in creation, whether it's the animal life or the plant life or um, the cosmos, God spoke into existence. But for humans, Moses says, there's a special level of care in creation that God has uh, sculpted humans, it says, from the dust of the ground and breathed into them the breath of life. And he has stamped on them his image. That means humans uh, represent God in the world. And so we have some godlike characteristics. We, we can think and we can feel and we can reason and we can make choices and we can create, we can love, we can, uh, we can hate, uh, all those things. Um, but also what it means is that every human life has value and that human life is not uh, there's not a utility to it, that we're not valued because of what we bring to the table. Uh, we're not valued because of our giftedness. We're not valued because of our talent. Uh, we're valued because God has put his stamp on us. It also means, as an image bearer, that we have a responsibility, that God has given humans a responsibility to, to create, to love, to glorify him, uh, and that through sin, uh, we have been alienated from our Creator but in Christ, uh, he redeems us from sin and he restores, our, restores us to our image-bearing purposes, which, is, which are to glorify God. I mean, in Genesis, when God created male and female, he says, like, created male and female and he made them in his image. And in being in his image, they were very distinct from the plants 
um, from the animals, from the sky and the stars. Like none of these things were created in God's image. Um, I think, and that's crazy that God is saying that we, we are, we've been given the ability to mirror him in ways that other inanimate objects are unable to do, such as we can speak and have conversations and have intellectual conversations. We can create things. I mean, I'm an artist. God is the ultimate artist, but that is me mirroring him even in how I'm able to create poems. You know what I'm saying? Or uh, a father's love for their child or a mother's love for their child. It's like we're mirroring God. And so it's like being made in the image of God is something to honor and take serious. So when you have the audacity to take somebody's life, it's like you're not just taking a plant's life, which isn't murder. You're not just, uh, if you had the possibility to take a star out of the sky, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, there's no commands against that type of stuff because it's not made in the image of God. But when you kill a person made in this image, you're coming against God. You know what I'm saying? So I think when people having these conversations about Alton and Philando and all these people, it's like they label them all of these names, criminal CD player, seller person, and but they forget the way of, he was made in God's image, y'all. Foundationally, he's that. And so if, I feel like if people zeroed in on that more than the list of things that they might or might not have done throughout their life, then I think they would grieve more because then you would see that that hurts God's heart because he was made in God's image. Male and female is the image of God. But not just any man or any woman, a husband and a wife. Because Adam and Eve weren't living in sin. Okay, We know that. The sin was eating from the tree they weren't supposed to. The other stuff they were doing was fun. <clears throat> that wasn't sin. Okay, Because they were married. So when God wanted to create a portrait of himself on this earth, he created the marriage. That's what you got to understand. God said, let's put our image, our likeness on the earth. And he put a married couple. That, that is the image of God, okay? Marriage is the image of God. Listen, male is not the image of God. And all the women can say, praise God. <laughs> male is not the image of God. Male and female is the image of God. A marriage is God. You want to know why Satan hates marriage so much? Because it's the image of God on this earth. That's why. Satan, listen to this. Think about this. Satan did not attack Adam. He did not attack until the image of God appeared on the earth. That's when he got scared. He wasn't scared of man by himself. He was scared when God showed up. When he looked at God, he saw the image of God, but he didn't see it in Adam. He saw it in Adam and Eve. Are y'all you, following me? This is phenomenal. That's when he got mad. Okay, so God is a triune God. I know that's a theological word, but what that means is three in one. Let me show you again this little illustration. Okay, God is three. Watch this, three in one. In other words, you can look at God and you see God, he's one, but if you look closely, you'll see three persons, right? Okay, but now some people say, well, now, if he created male and female, and that's his image, his image is three in one, but marriage is two in one. That's where you're completely missing it because marriage is a husband, a wife, and God. 
That is the blessed marriage. That is the blessed marriage. And that's the only way marriage works. Parting shot. You have a coin? Take out a coin if you have a coin. Across all our sites. You have a coin? Grab a coin. It'd be great if you do. If not, get one later. Or a bill. A bill or a coin. Just take one out for this simple experiment. A bill or a coin. All right, or a credit card. You got them? Good? Because we're taking up another offering. No, no, that's not what we're doing. <laughs> uh, it, I want you to just hold on to a coin or a bill, something of economic value to remind yourself as, as just a thought process that we're going to use this as a mental hook for reminding ourselves of the truth we've talked about today for the rest of the week. Because money is something we often come back to and handle throughout the week. And, and in fact, if you don't have it with you now, go get a coin. Just put it in your pocket. And when you put your hands in your pocket, just feel it throughout the week and say, ah, I remember who I am, who I am designed to be. Why am I saying this? Because it comes from a story from Jesus. When Jesus has people come and ask him a question, should we pay taxes to Caesar? He says, show me a coin. And they show him a, a denarius. And he says, whose image is on that? Whose image and likeness is on that? They say, well, Caesar's. He says, well, give to Caesar's what is Caesar's. And then, he doesn't stop there, he says, but give to God what is God's. That teaching only makes sense if Jesus had a very thorough understanding of human being made in the image of God. And he is saying this to everyone there. These are not just disciples, these are not just Christians. These are people who are his enemies. These are people who want to challenge him. These are religious leaders. And he's saying, all of you, give to God what is God's. Based on the fact that Caesar's image is on the coin, whose image is on you? God's. Give your life to God. Money can just be a quick reference point for my, oh yeah, especially at tax season. Pay my taxes, sure, but give my life. Whose image is stamped on me? Give my life to God. And therein I find my fulfillment, therein I find my true identity.